Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everybody. This is uh, Poker Action Line. Come to you weekly here on uh, various platforms. Uh, you can pick us up on iTunes, on uh, Stitcher Radio, on the uh, Hold'em Radio Network. Hopefully uh, you'll check that out. A lot of great shows on there, and they've given us a very nice time slot there on the weekend nights. So uh, we hope you'll pick the show up in many different places. You can go to uh, iTunes and download it for free, or you can pick it up on the, pod, uh, the Poker Fuse podcast page. Uh, had a really nice spot there. I looked at it this week, and we were second on the list. Uh, very nice spot there. And uh, hopefully people are listening to the show on a regular basis. Uh, we have some interviews tonight that I taped this uh, week. I was over at the Seminole Hard Rock as they were finishing up today the Seminole Hard Rock and Roll Poker Open. Uh, and uh, great tournament, great set of uh, events. The, uh, the first one was uh, over 5,000 people at their opening event. I talked about that a little bit last week. Uh, their previous high was just over 4,000, so they absolutely, absolutely smashed all kinds of records this week. <laughs> 25% more. It wow, was it's fantastic. Amazing. It really was. But I spent the last couple of days over there. The final table was today. Uh, it was streamed on uh, uh, Twitch, so you had a chance to pick that up. Also, if you were at Twitch, you, you could see the uh, Global Poker League's playoffs, which started yesterday. And we'll update you on some of those as well as they finish up their first season. Uh, watch some of it, Joe. And uh, was the, it interesting? It, at least it was interesting. It was in the cube, and and uh, I enjoyed Who it. Who was playing? Well, uh, Chance Cornet played. Uh, uh, yesterday, I watched a match between uh, Jonathan Jaffe and uh, Pascal LaFrancois. Uh, Liv Bowie played today. I know. Uh, a lot of really great players that are uh, have been in the league, and uh, you know the the guys from Russia uh, did very well. Uh, and uh, I'll run down some of the names a little bit later in some of the matches. But Faraz Jaka, the captain of the uh, San Francisco Rush, uh, so uh, it was very interesting in the cube with the head uh, head to head matches. They played. Uh, uh, the number one seed played the number four seed, and uh, best four out of seven matches. And that started yesterday with a rush against uh, Montreal. Montreal won that opening uh, set from them. And then uh, the L.A. Sunset, Maria Ho's team, took on the Sao Paulo uh, team. Uh, and the Sunset was victorious. Today was uh, action in the Eurasia Conference. And we'll run down some of those results from today. But you could see some great players, a lot of great, interesting play. There was a match today. I know Jason, Justin Bonomo. Uh, lost in four hands. He got coolered very early in that wow. match. Wow, yeah. four hands? Yeah. Wow, he must have run aces into kings or well, something? I didn't see the hand. I'll have to check it out during one of the breaks. But anyway, that is going on right now, by the way, as we tape the show here on Wednesday. It is the second day of the semifinals, and then the champions coming out of today will play uh, the team that won yesterday, uh, which was... Uh, uh, Montreal. So Montreal uh, will be playing for the title tomorrow. That's uh, Marc Andre Ladeseur's team, and uh, Mike Timex McDonald is on that team, and uh, some very good players. and And they will move to the championship tomorrow, and they'll conclude the season. So uh, you know, for all the ups and downs this league has had, I 
I got a chance to get on there. They actually had a little uh, competition. You could get involved in picking the brackets. You know, there's only eight teams, so, you know, it's pick the semifinals and the finals. And uh, uh, you had a chance, if you picked it correctly, to win some of the team swag. And you can go on their store and check it out. Every team has their uh, baseball cap, a hoodie, and a, and a jersey. So uh, you can pick up one of those uh, uh, and purchase it, or if you're lucky enough to uh, pick the teams properly, you could win a swag so, from the so team. So what team is it? Though? Which, which swag I do took, you like best? I took the Berlin Bears, uh, who have yet to play today still, but uh, uh, I took the rush against the Montreal, so I was knocked out right away with that. <laughs> I did pick the Sunset, and uh, uh, I forget who won the first, but they were still playing the first match today. I think it was 2-2 when I first saw it. But uh, anyway, we'll keep an eye on that and see what happens. And, uh, you know, as down as I was maybe in the last couple of weeks heading into the playoffs, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, I played the little competition. I looked at the store and uh, kind of got re- rejuvenated as far as uh, interest in it. Hopefully it'll 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 sway some towards my direction over here. Yeah, but, well, uh, the season's over. Basically, they they made mistakes and they have made and they and they've owned much. up to it. Yeah, they've absolutely. owned up to it, which is which is a very good sign. And you know, I, I, have they set a date for when they want to start the second no, season? No, I, I would say it'll be early next year, maybe March or April. Who knows? But. Uh, uh, I think the curious thing to me is is wondering how many players that played this year had a good experience and will come back and play next year. That's a very good question. Has, yeah. has anyone answered no, that? No, it's uh, probably too early to even tell. But And I'm sure that some players had good experiences, probably some players did not, and uh, we'll see what the response is you know, at I, some point. And I've been rethinking a little bit on this, on, on, on the Global League um, I was thinking, you know, yeah, you know, I love the lineups. I love the way they did the, the the draft and the players that they chose in the top 300. You know, but we know that a lot of these players have very busy tournament schedules and other commitments throughout the year. And you really didn't get some of the the, the uh, quality or marquee matchups, so to speak, that you really wanted to see right. during the season. You know, maybe you go towards very good players, but you get some of these that are, you know, the, I don't, I, and I know it plays better, I guess, on TV. The bad boys are the people who who make scenes or stuff like this. But you know, you can uh, put them on screen at home, have them, you know, doing whatever they do. You know, maybe approach this from a little different angle as a more of an entertainment with obviously quality, more, more and, of a professional wrestling type uh, setup. Well, yeah, but but <laughs> without the without it being fake, obviously. But you know, because you you do have enough characters out there. Uh, Kasuf could be one of these guys. He could be the villain. You yeah, know, sure. uh, Ma- uh, you know, Mike Matisau, uh You do have a lot of people out there that could do that. You could kind of bring back some of that. And, and the reason I thought about that, Dave, was the, this Sunday I had to chastise a young player there. And his father-in-law was there and his uncle were there. And they actually, I, I thought I was going to have an issue with all of them. And they actually backed me up 100%. Uh, where this young man, uh, the reason I got involved is I was walking past the table and he had just knocked somebody out and was very boisterous and loud about it. And I guess one of his friends said something, and I believe they're from Middle Eastern type of, uh, I mean, not Middle Eastern, Middle Europe, uh, the Iron Curtain. I don't know if they were Russian or not, but they said something in an accent, and this young man said something back that he should not have said. And I got 
I stopped immediately and I said, you don't have, I don't ever want to hear you say that again in my poker room. And, you know, he was, he was agitated at the time and then he came up and apologized. His father-in-law told me that he told him to come and apologize, but he, he seemed very genuine with mm-hmm. it. And I told him, I said, listen, you're the age of one of my kids. I said, you can't do that. You know, you know they always say that you've got to learn how to, how to lose with grace. Right. I go, sometimes it's more important to know how to win with grace. And I told him, I said, I've been watching you now for a month and a half, almost two months. And every time you're in an all-in situation, whether it's in the first 20 minutes of the tournament or, you know, you're on the final table, you know, your antics are just unacceptable. Right. You know, especially, I said, especially when you win. You know, when you lose, you just get mad and walk away from the table. I go, but when you win, it's like you're taunting the other players. And I told him, I said, you know, you've got to learn how to win with some class. Right. You know, and I said, I'm surprised somebody hasn't told you where to go yet. So we had that conversation. And, and thinking about that, I kept reminding him that, remember about seven or eight years ago in the World Series main event, they had that event where a lot of people went, uh, you know, I can't remember the one guy that that, that they, they reset the, the rules for him, but... That he would celebrate. Felipe Candio? God, that might have been it. But I remember he would get up. He was a big guy and get up. Or Javid Khan. Javid Khan. Khan. That's who it was. Now that's the name. Okay. And, you know, there's no place for that. I told him, I said, hey, if it's your last all-in to win a tournament, you know, do what you got to do. Yeah. You understand? But not when you're an hour into the tournament, you're halfway through the tournament. Right. You know, that, that's just something Nothing I, worse than gloating. Exactly, you know. And I said, it, and, and I, I told him, I said, you do that all the time. And I started to think there's so many people that enjoy that sort of stuff, as, as my brother is a, is a testament, because he liked what Kasuf did while I couldn't stand it. And I'm thinking maybe for the GPL, uh, they maybe go to some sort of, for lack of a better word, characters, poker characters that may and you know may intrigue other people. Well, they already have the cube. That's kind of like a boxing ring. Yes, it is. But <laughs> now put the characters in there that are going to act out every bad beat they get. Well, I would suggest people check it out. Go to Twitch, and uh, there is a GPL channel there, and you can check out uh, uh, the cube. It's very, it's well shot. It's uh, interesting. There's some interplay between the players standing across from each other, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I will go probably go back and watch some tonight. Uh, I wanted to see Liv Bo replay a little bit, but I uh, probably missed out on that. But uh, we'll see tomorrow what happens, and uh, uh, we'll have a champion tomorrow. And I give them credit for owning up to the mistakes that they made, like you said, and, uh, you know, really making this effort to continue through and sportify this this game. Maybe it's the wrong idea. Who knows? But let's give them another, I don't, still another I don't chance. think the idea is wrong. I think they just have to – Tweak it, which, you know, hopefully they, they'll do a much better job this coming year. Mm-hmm. You, you, I think you got to get your marquee player on the, on the teams playing a lot more often right. to entice the, the casual poker fan, which is what you want to do. I mean, you know, the hardcores are going to watch it regardless. They're going to enjoy all the other stuff. But people who don't play it every day, who may find it a little boring to watch poker TV because they're not big-time players – you know, you got to do something to try to get them, you know, talking about it. First, you got to get them to start talking about it. Hey, did you see that move that so-and-so did? You know, once you've gotten it to that point where it's interesting for them to watch and then for them to talk about what's happened, matches, whatever goes on in, in the cube or in, or in the play field there, and they start talking about it, 
Now you're going to start attracting an audience and, and a loyal audience because they're going to want to see what happens the following week. Well, I'm going to head to the site at some point over this Christmas season and pick myself up a, probably a, a Paris Aviators jersey because <laughs> uh, I like that one. That was the only one that was like uh, light-colored. Most of them were kind of gray or, or black. Uh, maybe a San Francisco rush or something like that. You know, I think I think I want to have a couple of those things. I've been buying shirts on all my football trips. Yeah. So I switch over to It probably would be too. good for you to have one from every team. And since you've been <laughs> a big proponent of it, and, you know, we've spoken about it here on the show, and you're, you're obviously the one who's very – you've enjoyed it a whole lot. Yeah, you've actually brought me into it, especially when they did the draft. I think, and I think we'll else. have Alexander Dreyfus on, and maybe I'll drop a couple of hints there and see if I can uh, – There you go. Say, hey. <laughs> I, no, I'm hey, kidding. Listen, <laughs> we could take a picture and put it in uh, one of our – advertisements. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Anyway, uh, I want to get to the uh, Seminole Hard Rock, and uh, since we were talking about uh, you know runs, run-ins at the table, I played an event uh, last night. Uh, it was event number 13, $150 buy-in, which is uh, about my limit, really, uh, as far as playing <laughs> tournaments. But uh, they had six opening sessions, uh, three yesterday and three the day before, and it was like the last, really, the last big event on the schedule. And I played last night, and... Uh, Played okay for a while. Uh, starting stack was 10,000 chips. I was right around 16 for a lot of the time. Uh, unfortunately, toward the end, I, uh, after playing for like two and a half hours, I spewed off my uh, chip stack in about three hands. So uh, things got uh, – I, I got a little tilted, too, when I had a little run-in with a guy. And I wanted to mention it. Um, I know the board was like uh, 7, uh, 9, 10 – Offsuit. Okay. And uh, there was an eight on the on the turn. So now you got an open-ended straight. Or I think the nine came <coughs> on the turn. Anyway, I was betting back and forth, and and there was this possible. I had I had king seven uh, of hearts. And not I, a very good hand, hand with a seven, eight, nine. No, ten but I did have. Uh, Do you have a flush draw with that too? I no? did have a flush draw, okay. and uh, as it turned out, I I I had the up and down straight draw. Uh, it was on the board, actually. That's right. So, uh, and I tried to bluff the guy. The guy bet a thousand, and I, I raised it to four thousand. And he started going, uh, "Oh, why so much? Four thousand? Why so much?" And he kept trying to ask me questions. So, I knew that. It, I mean, I, I'm at a table here that I knew about the names of like five of the guys. So, this is these are pretty good players that I have covered over the years. Uh, Daryl Fish was came at the table, sat next to me. Carlos Loving, who we'll hear from in just a minute, was at the table, and a couple other people. Um, but uh, I knew that if I looked back and answered him, that he might pick up a tell. So I just looked at the cards and with a stare and without flinching. You know, just kind of like you know, you see people not responding right. when they're trying to get under your skin, and and so I didn't really say say anything. And and eventually he called me. And uh, that was pretty much my uh, downhill. I had a little bit left and ended up losing it like two hands later or something. But um, Did he have a straight? No, he had a pair of nines. I had a pair of sevens. He had a pair of nines. So he had to have read something on you because well, he tried. you don't really call it. There was a ten overcard on there, Well, not to mention the up and down all, straight. All I can think of is that maybe the bet sizing was wrong, that it was maybe too big or not big enough, uh, maybe a little of both. Uh, but he did call me, and he won the hand, and he had kind of tried to needle me a little bit, and then he apologized, and I was kind of ir- a little irritated at losing the hand, and I said, uh, you know, hey, I said, 
he, he said, well, I had a pretty good hand. And then, and then he said, uh, I said, well, you, you know, I tried to bluff you, and it didn't work. I said, you know, if you got a good hand, go for it. And he was like, oh, well, you know, and I said, I was still kind of irritated, so I said, listen, uh, you know, you don't have to tell me that Just I'm not a thought. good player. No, no. He, I, I, this is what I said, which was probably wrong. He's but trying I said, to, no, no, what he, I said, he's this, trying he said, to do, he's not trying to do that to you. What he was trying to do was to justify his bad call. Right, right. So anyway, I said, you know, you don't have to tell me that I'm not a good player. I said, you know, I, I already know that. He's, oh, no, 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 I'm not trying to That's say that. That's why I was telling you. And, and, and I said, well... I said, maybe you could step in sometime and do my radio show. <laughs> and he was like, ooh. Dave. You know, like that. Dave. You, you, you threw the, you used the radio, used the radio show card. card huh? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, it wasn't that big a deal. No, so I was out very shortly after that. It was funny. Daryl Fish had just sat down and he goes, he goes, wow, can I get a table change? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, anyway, I, I kind of overreacted, that, I knew. And, and that was a man trying to justify to, to you why he made a bad call. Right. Because he knows he made a bad call and just got lucky. But I feel feel like I'm learning and uh, getting a little better. Anyway, I had fun. But and, that's uh, okay. So you, you were able to pull the trigger on a bluff. It didn't work this time, but maybe next time it will. And you'll right. learn something from it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Anyway, I want to get into the tournament a little bit here. We'll take our first break on the show, and then we'll have some interviews. I talked with Jason Mercier. Uh, he was the first one I talked to when I went in on Monday before the the day three started. He was still alive. Natasha also made day three, which was pretty cool. Uh, there was uh, 48 players left. Uh, in the main event, uh, heading into Monday, and uh, Jason was at the feature table. Uh, really, some really big names and some good action. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, and this was in that. Uh, this was in their main event. Their main event, right? Their main event, yeah. yes. Uh, so I was going to say, I can't believe Jason was playing in the 150. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Anyway, a 3500 was the buy-in for that. Anyway, they've just finished it today, and we'll get to some of the results there when we come back. Uh, a couple of interviews. I talked to a couple of people from Tampa and got an uh, outlook on what's going on over there. Uh, of course, the Hard Rock Tampa is over there, which I had a chance to visit about two weeks ago. So uh, that worked out pretty well. We'll hear some of those interviews when we come back. We'll, we'll run down the results. A little later on, we'll talk a little more about the GPL. And if we have some time later in the show, I want to get to that uh, William Kasuf Reddit uh interviews that he did and some of the things he said there, which would be kind of interesting. Maybe we've already run that into the ground. I don't know. But uh, I'd like to hear some of that maybe a, a little bit later in the show. Okay. Okay. Let's take our first break in the show. Uh, don't forget about our friends at Gulfstream Park who are getting ready for a great racing season beginning on December 3rd. Uh, I'm sure they'll have a great giveaway on opening day. They almost always do. Some nice shirts or or, or something uh, to give away. I'll find out what that is. We'll talk about that a little more next week. But December 3rd is the uh, opening day, and uh, they'll probably have some great promotions throughout the year. Uh, a week from Saturday, is, or this Saturday, I guess, is the, is the opening day for racing uh, for the winter season. And all the great jockeys, the best-known trainers, the top uh, horses will be in town all winter long, beginning December 3rd into the month of April, and we'll have a great time out there. Uh, suggest you check it out. Uh, it's a it's a great festive place to go for the uh, holiday season, and they just started their Symphony of Lights. Uh, it started last Friday, uh, which is uh, has like a 50 foot tree or something like that with all the lights on it, and the lights are synchronized to music. 
it's really a great light show, thousands of lights uh, synchronized to the music. And uh, they are on the hour from 6 to 11 p.m. every night through December 31st. They had a big celebration last Friday night, and they'll probably have a few more along the way. They also have the Catabella Express train rides for the kids to take a little tour of Gulfstream Park. That's from 5 to 10. Uh, the next one will be on Friday, December 16th, and Saturday the 17th. So uh, a couple of weeks away still for that, but uh, those will be from 6 to 10 on those nights on the weekend. There will also be uh, the train rides on December 23rd and 24th. You can get all the information from Gulfstream Park by going to their website, gulfstreampark.com, or call them at 954-454-7000. That's 954-454-7000. If you're wondering where Gulfstream Park is, it is in Hallandale Beach, the southern part of Broward County. It is east of I-95 and just west of the beaches. Really easy to get to on Federal Highway. 901 South Federal Highway is the address in Hallandale Beach. Uh, also, the great poker room, and we'll talk a little bit more about it a little later in the show, uh, where they have some great tournaments and a lot of fun things set up for the holidays. So uh, look forward to getting over there for opening day on Saturday. I finally have a football weekend off, and I'm going to enjoy that. <laughs> so let's uh, check out some of this stuff. Anyway, uh, give them a call uh, at 954-454-7000 if you want any more information. All the best in entertainment, dining, shopping, and gambling, of course. Uh, you'll have a great time, and you can take the whole family there and have fun. Gulfstream Park, welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Live. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Hi, this is Joe Perry. And Steven Tyler of Aerosmith for Red. You know, it's okay to rock and roll and party down. Just don't get in that 2,000-pound bullet when you're done and cocked. And please don't drink and drive. I'm the one that jaded you. A reminder that friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the Ad Council, U.S. Department of Transportation, National Association of Broadcasters, and RAD. 
Welcome back to the show, Poker Action Line. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll hear some interviews here this segment. Uh, we'll start out with Jason Mercier. I, uh, obviously, Joe and I are both big fans of Jason's, and we've had him uh, uh, in taped and live interviews several times over the course of the years. Got married last weekend, uh, so I got a chance to talk to him. Congratulate him, him and yeah, I for did. It. Uh, you'll hear on the interview here, uh, Natasha Barber. Uh, is her name, of course, and uh, now Natasha Mercier, which is kind of fun to see on the uh, chip counts. It's very interesting. Uh, they got married down here in South Florida, and they both made uh, the final four tables uh, of the uh, main event, the $3,500 buy-in that was concluded today. 760 total entries in the event, and uh, they neither of them had huge stacks going into Monday. And uh, so I got a chance to talk to Jason. Uh, here's what he had to say. Out here at the Seminole Hard Rock Rock and Roll Poker Open, day three, uh, the newly married Jason Mercier. Congratulations, first of all. Yeah, thank you. Really uh, appreciate it. That was a big uh, showcase for all the stars of poker. You had a lot of people there from the business? Uh, yeah, you know, it was. Uh, we had about 180 people there. Probably half were, you know, poker players or from the poker industry. So uh, it was very interesting group of people, you know, like uh, mixing like my family, family friends, and uh, people from high school, and then you know all the people that I've met over the last 10 years in the poker community. Uh, big win for the Dolphins yesterday. I don't know. That's why you're in such a good mood, or it's the uh, <laughs> newly married life. But they were talking yesterday on the. Uh, on the feed and said that you know Jason looks like he's really in a great mood so watch out everybody mm. should they be watching out for you today uh yeah I mean I'm definitely in a great mood um besides I'm fighting a little bit of a cold but uh yeah I mean eight days into marriage everything's going great and uh <laughs> deep in a tournament so hopefully uh, everything works out today everybody, everything seems to be kind of storybook for you too uh you know obviously the uh out in vegas when you proposed to her uh now she's made day three also she's a little farther down the list than you is there a competitive factor at all between you or just complete support I think it's complete support. I mean, she's a little short. She has like 16 bigs, but I also don't have that many chips. Uh, I have like a little over 30 big blinds. So uh, today's kind of an important day. We're playing down to 18 players, and I think uh, either one of us would just be really happy if the other person made it. Um, and, you know, we would both obviously be very excited if we were to both make the final two tables. We were talking about it on the show last week, uh, you know, since you just gotten married and everything. You know, so many men that play poker, and, and probably women affected by this too, that their significant other doesn't really understand, you know, what it's like. But you guys, you know, you're playing all the time, uh, so you completely understand each other, and that's got to be a real positive in your relationship. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's one of the reasons why I think we get along so well. Um, she really understands the industry and the game and kind of like the emotions that I go through. And, uh, and you know, it's easy to relate to one another. Uh, we've both been playing poker professionally for almost a decade, so um, there's nothing really that will come up that we haven't seen before or, uh, you know, it's it's very easy to relate to one another and, and understand what each other is going through. Uh, I think the whole poker world supports you, supports you big time, obviously. Um, where's Marshmallow today? That's the one big question <laughs> on my mind. Uh, we left him home today. Uh, we, had, we had brought him the last couple of days, but we left him home today just because, uh, I mean, either one of us could get knocked out at any moment. And also, uh, you know, it's supposed to be a relatively short day, so... Uh, 
Yeah, we left him home. We'll bring him out for the final table if we make Well, good luck to both of you today. Thank you. As it turned out, uh, they started with 48 players, and uh, Natasha got knocked out in 36th place. Uh, you know, of course, they uh, with social media, everybody knows everything immediately. Uh, I don't know if it was a co- it was a coincidence or not, but Jason got knocked out in 35th. Oh wow! Back because to back. you know, I think uh, you know maybe didn't want her to sit around and wait for him. While no, I can really I could tell you that's definitely not the reason. <laughs> he want his competitive nature will tell you that's not the reason. No, he I'm just, just he was probably that. just short stacked and pushed. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, they got knocked out back to back. Went up to the cash in line. Uh, both made some decent money. Uh, both made eleven thousand dollars. So uh, for a thirty five hundred dollar buy in, not 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 a bad no, weekend. Not at all. Seven thousand. They picked up twenty two. <laughs> not uh, that's that's pretty much chump change for the Merciers. Right Absolutely. Now. Anyway, uh, the tournament went on. They played on uh, down through uh, uh, to eighteen on Monday and came back uh, yesterday and played down to six. Today was the final table. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But I had a chance to uh, talk to a few other people. Uh, one guy that's uh, done very well lately is a former poker dealer named Carlos Loving. Uh, as it turned out, he was at my table, uh, you know, when, when you I played last night. Yeah, he was wearing a Thunder, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder jersey. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's when I knew I was in trouble when some of the players that I recognized that are very good players. But, I, you know, I was, you know, knew I wasn't going to go on and win anything probably. But, uh, and also, uh, I kind of wondered about two hours in why I got in this event because started at 7 o'clock and, and was they were planning to play until like 3 in the morning. And, uh, you know, I just don't have the patience and the stamina to, to put up to that. But I did want to have some fun, and I did. This was like a day one, right? Was this the one fifty dollars yes. $100,000 yes, guarantee? Correct. correct. Six uh, opening sessions. This was the final one. And they're still playing that one today, by the way. Anyway, uh, got a chance to talk with Carlos because he won a, a World Series of Poker Ring up at Palm Beach Kennel Club about two weeks ago. Uh, also, I think, made the final table in the main event. So uh, he ended up finishing second in the uh, cas- Casino Series Awards that, you know, they, they have a chance to uh, earn a spot in the national championship later on uh, in the year. But uh, pretty good showing there for Carlos, a uh, former poker dealer. And I got a chance. Wanted to get a chance to talk to him, so I pulled him over uh, at one of the breaks, and uh, we had a we had a little conversation. And here's how it went. Okay, I'm with Carlos Loving, and uh, he has really had a breakout year, Carlos, uh, from the Tampa area. And I knew you when you were a poker dealer, and then you're kind of made the transition into full-time play. Tell me a little bit about that, how your past as a dealer helps you now, and uh, how long it took you to kind of break through. Um, Being a dealer helps you read people, I think. It's probably your biggest advantage, and you see a lot of good play and bad play, so you get a mix of both worlds, and uh, it helps you adjust when you start playing live poker. So when I was dealing full-time, basically five days a week, I'd take the two days that I had off and play poker. And the poker dealing basically afforded my buy-ins and helped me get started. Once I hit a couple of bigger tournaments, I was able to quit dealing and start playing full-time. You've seen a gradual progression over the last couple of years, but all of a sudden this year you got a ring on your finger now from uh, the World Series of Poker Circuit. Yeah. We had another really deep run uh, there as well. Now you're uh, a couple of events here. You've done pretty well. Uh, have, has there been a transition in your game, you think, over the last year or so? 
Um, I mean, I'm always studying, trying to get better, so I'd say there's definitely been adjustments in my game. I would say that I'm still doing about the same amount of winnings as I have the last two years. So the last three years I've played have been really successful for me, and I'm enjoying it. One of the things I ask people that uh, at one time were a dealer, do you miss it at all? Do you sometimes feel like you'd like to do it again someday? Um, a lot of people ask me that, and I always wondered why they asked that. <laughs> um, so basically, I don't like having a schedule, so that's the biggest reason why I prefer not to be a dealer. But it's a fun job that pays well, so I do like it a lot. But I wouldn't say I miss it because I still play poker all the time. I'm friends with a lot of dealers, and I still see the same people that I would see when I'm working as a dealer. So I would say I don't miss it but I'd say it's a great job. Uh, one last question. I'm originally from the Tampa area, and obviously the Hard Rock's very nice over there. I was just there a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Tampa seems to grow, but it's always going to be a trip across the state to really make the big time. Uh, do you think they can jump into that uh, realm anytime soon? Um, I'm hoping so. I feel like they should have already. I believe the uh, Tampa Hard Rock is going to get a new poker room, and I'm hoping that will make some big changes. Um, but the drive down here, three hours for me, is really not that bad, and I have a lot of fun when I come down here. So I don't mind doing the three-hour travel and staying here for a month or so at a time and then going back home. Well, good luck today, and uh, good luck in Tampa. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you. And as uh, Carlos mentioned, uh, he was uh, a lot of people are wondering what the near future looks like uh, over at the Tampa Hard Rock. As I mentioned on the show last week, I got a chance to stop over there. Very nice room over there. They don't have the ballroom space yet, but uh, kind of wanted to find out what was happening over there. Uh, maybe why uh, they haven't emerged to the big time yet. So I went right to the source. And what happened? Well, I'm I'm curious as to why they haven't rebuilt, haven't built up there. Did well, they, they're working on did it. Did they answer so that, that the question? Point. Yeah. So Excellent. I talked with Tommy Bates. Uh, he's known as Hard Rock Tommy on uh, <laughs> social media. Nice guy, really nice guy. Enjoyed talking with him. He's the director of poker operations at the Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. And uh, very shortly after I talked to Carlos, I grabbed Tommy and uh, we had a little conversation as well. Down here at the Seminole Hard Rock, day three of the Rock and Roll Poker Open. I'm with uh, Tommy Bates, the director of poker operations at the Tampa Hard Rock. I was just there two weeks ago. Uh, stopped in, looked at the poker room, and uh, I have to say that the whole facility is a little more impressive to me than even this one. Yeah, and, and right now we're going through uh, construction phases to where we'll be opening up a new poker room uh, in the beginning of January okay. that we're excited for. Uh, so we'll we'll get through December with our uh, with our world, uh, winter poker open, mm -hmm. and then uh, we'll move right over into our new poker room. Okay, uh, pretty good showing by the Tampa people in this tournament. So you got to be kind of excited about that. Yeah, every time I every time I see our our Tampa our Tampa uh, locals down here, it's exciting. And of course, I got our, our pro John, John Racer still in there. Um, yeah, it's exciting. I come down here and rally these guys. I get a chance to be part of the action for a few days. Unfortunately, the uh, better half of the Mercier couple is uh, out. Natasha just got eliminated not long ago. I'm pretty sure Jason went right behind her. I think I've seen them <laughs> exactly. both at the pay table. Exactly. That's true. Uh, the big question I have for you really is this. Uh, you guys have a tremendous facility there. Uh, I would have thought by now that maybe you had emerged as maybe the third leg of the triangle in Florida for a, either a WPT event or, or done something else. Um, are you disappointed with the th way things have emerged for your facility as far as national scope? 
No, actually, we're right on pace. We have added a WPT deep stacks in June. Our problem is we don't have ballroom space. Everything that we have to do is in our live poker room, mm -hmm. and we are the biggest live poker room in Florida, so I never wanted to stop live action play in order to hold a tournament. The numbers just don't match. The margins aren't as good. Um, but I can see with construction that we're going through right now, it should be done in about two years. We'll have a ballroom you'll start to see us hold much, much bigger events. It's always a negative to have to eliminate cash games. I never I never did it. We used to do it at Pergada, and I always thought to myself, if I ever got in a position to hold, uh, hold the title of a director, that I would never kill cash games for tournaments, and I've stuck to my guns. It's been a, a great six or seven years now here in Florida since the handcuffs came off of poker down here. So uh, everybody's got to be thrilled with the progression of poker in the state of Florida. It's really now uh, a destination for poker players. Yeah, and as well as it should be. I mean, look, we have uh, what we're trying to do down here with the, just a seminal hard rock poker product is to get people to go from one property to the other right. property to the other property. And it really works well in the winter. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey hated the winners uh why why would you not want to be here in sunny south florida well i tell you the great thing about florida is it's like a it's like several different states all over the place different areas and the people are different and and really you can get a completely different experience in tampa than you can in miami absolutely we're, we're more of a smaller little city even though we have five million people in tampa you kind of wouldn't know it by looking at it uh where i come down here and i'm thinking holy smokes there's so much traffic and everything's congested but it's a it's a it's a really cool vibe down here so i when i go home it's a little more laid back i come down here it's more of a party atmosphere right. so you're right you're right uh, it's like two different uh two different states he's known as hard rock tommy on social media uh good luck to your people here this week and uh, more importantly good luck in the near future up in tampa thank you so much i appreciate your time thank you all right so uh we hope for the best for tampa it's uh really coming oh, along and, and as you could hear uh you know big plans up there as you would expect and and that's exciting news for poker players you yeah. know and uh, i know he said I, if i heard the, the interview correctly he said two years for the ballrooms to get up there i'm kind of surprised they they didn't start this a little sooner, especially with the early success of uh, the big poker tournaments down here a few years ago. But, you know, knowing how, that you have to deal with city and state officials for permits and everything else. But uh, how did it look to you, Dave, when you were up there? Uh, it was very nice. In fact, I, as I mentioned on the thing, I thought the overall facility was nicer than the Seminole Hard Rock really? down here in Hollywood. Uh, the poker room is uh, good size. Uh, bigger than the poker room here, although they don't have the ballroom space to move a big tournament in there. So, uh, you know, they would have to cut out some uh, cash game tables, obviously, which is a drawback. But uh, they can have a pretty big tournament there. Uh, it's just, you know, uh, they don't want to compromise, uh, you know, the money-making uh, aspects of cash games. Which, you know, listen, I, I agree a whole lot with Tony, but you know, when you look at the overall picture, those players are dropping more money at the machines yeah. than at the poker table. Well, that's probably true. You gotta kind of, you know, when when you're running to try to run tournaments and do something different, you know, your 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 room will pay the price somewhere. You uh, know, somewhere, and it's usually the live games. Yeah, absolutely. The cash games, absolutely. So. so we wish them all the best. Uh, a lot of Tampa players uh, did well down here, as you mentioned, John Raisner. Uh, a lot of our good friends from the show uh, did well. Jessica Dolly made a very deep run. Uh, when I walked into the feature table on Monday, it started out with uh, uh, Jason Mercier, Will the Thrill Faila, 
later, Matt Glantz moved into the table. It was, uh, you know, a lot of great how, uh, people who have been on the show. How come you didn't get an interview with Will there? Well, it just didn't work out timing-wise. I was going to get something, but it uh, didn't quite work out. Anyway, uh, some of the other people that were there. I was going to say we could have had Gio working overtime yeah, exactly. tonight with Will. Exactly. <laughs> some of the other people there. Quee Wynn was there. I did not see him, but uh, he was there in the field. Ryan Reese, Joe McKeon, uh, you know, recent uh, main event champions. I uh, got a chance to talk with Brian Hastings, and, and he had just uh, done a blog post on why he's – Kind of getting, not getting out of poker completely, but he's not going to be a full-time player anymore. He wants to start a business called Unity, which is uh, basically a tea company uh, that's going to be kind of a restaurant and a small place. I guess that's the next step from Starbucks is a tea. <laughs> but uh, he had a very interesting story about things that happened to him in the past, and I got a really good understanding of why he turned me down for an interview. He went through a period where he was kind of like... Uh, uh, a little phobic about the media was the way he was treated uh, in a uh, uh, after he had played Isildur and won over four million dollars in head-to-head play, and had mentioned how he got some help from some friends who had downloaded some uh, hand histories from Isildur and, and helped coach him, uh, which I guess is a, is against some of the rules of like full tilt and that sort of places, but. You know, it was commonplace, basically. He didn't really feel like he did anything wrong, but he did an interview with a guy from ESPN and uh, actually kind of exposed that he had done this, and he, he took a lot of heat from a lot of people, and he felt burned by the media, and uh, it took but him a while to get past that. But he did mention it to the to the reporter. Was it supposed to be something kept off air, or? Well, I'm not sure exactly how that went, but. Uh, or could it have just been betrayed? Uh, I think he told him afterwards. a little no, differently I, I think than afterwards the way he, did he told him that uh, he said what I said, you know, was not exactly correct, and and the guy said, well, I got it on tape, you know, uh, so it must be true. So he basically kind of asked him not to run it that way, and he did anyway. So uh, he was actually burned, and he said. You know, he's had several media interactions that were not in the best interest of the, of the player. And, uh, you know, there are people well, in the media like that that do that listen, sort of thing. Listen, I love the Dan Levitard show, but he treated Jason like uh, like if he was a, a freaking criminal yeah, on, on know, that interview. That was very disgusting, to be honest with you. Anyway, I talked with Brian, and he said he would be happy to do an interview in the future, so we'll have him on the show uh, soon. He oh. had put some political stuff in about the election, which I totally agreed with. So I know we're on the same page, and he said how, I... How old is he? Uh, I think he's right around 30 now, if I'm not mistaken. And so he's burned out a little bit. Yeah, this, I think let so. Let me tell you that this the the poker world, gambling in general, Dave. I mean, it definitely takes a toll on people. And when you're playing for the money that he's playing, the pressure that you're under, you know, then then you combine that with negative publicity as as he as he sees it and and as it was portrayed, I guess. But uh, we've seen a lot of these young players yeah. in their mid to late twenties kind of burn out. Yeah, and. You, I guess this just goes to show you, you know, you need to have focus in your life and balance more importantly than anything else because eventually, you know, this, this is these are things that are going to become a lot more commonplace. Well, we were actually going to do an interview then, but uh, he was playing in a tournament. He ended up finishing third in it. It was, I think, a $1,600 buy-in, so he uh, did well in that one. And uh, we'll have him on in the future. He lives down here now full time full-time, and uh, he'll be opening this business. Obviously, we'll certainly help him promote that, and, uh, you know, he'll still be a part of the poker world, just not as not as a full-time job. 
Well, best of luck to them. Anyway, some of the other players uh, that were in this tournament, uh, besides uh, Jason and Natasha, there was another married couple, Chris Mormon and his wife Katie Lindsay, uh, also made the final 72. Um, who else we got? Uh, well, we went down to... Uh, well, what was the name of that couple? that would, They went out like 25 and 26, just like Jason and Natasha did oh, uh, in the main event. Uh, Doc Sands and uh, Erica Bettina. There you go. So let me tell you, that might become more commonplace, it seems like, uh, as poker players are marrying each other. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) And uh, this week they also did uh, Poker Night in America, had some great cash games. They had a ladies' table, which was uh, fantastic. I guess someone tweeted in, they said, this is the best-looking final table we've ever seen. (laughs) uh, Sam Sam Abernathy and... uh, uh, Jessica Dolly and and a few other uh, female players. It was really kind of an interesting table. I look forward to seeing that uh, come up. But they played down to 18 on Tuesday till Tuesday, and then uh, Tuesday played down to six. Today was the final table. Uh, not a lot of big names on this one. Although, who's my favorite name in uh, poker? Muckle was it Muckle? No, no not no. Muckle. No. Um, oh, I can't remember. Uh... Damn, I can't get it off the, the top of The kid from my Brazil, uh, Upeshka da Silva. <laughs> he, he was the final table. In fact, uh, he was at the final table. He may he had a big chip lead at one point where he had over 6 million chips. Next closest was like 1.4 million. It was amazing he chip didn't lead. Win? He actually ended up uh, finishing third. Uh, he, he lost the lead to uh, Matt Humphrey. Uh, but they played down to the final three for a long time um, they were going at it. Upeshka da Silva, Matt Humphrey, and Patrick Mahoney going at it. Uh, the first three out at the final table, Bill Jennings, Mark Duby, and Billy Pilosoff, uh finished in sixth, fifth, and fourth. Da Silva got knocked out in third place, wins 200000 Matt Humphrey um, finished in second, 328k, And Patrick Mahoney, uh, 30-year... 32-year-old uh, professional from Winona, Minnesota, was the uh, the winner, $564,000 for first place, and he defeated Humphrey head-to-head. It didn't, uh, head-to-head play did not last long. Uh, I think uh, Mahoney had a 2-to-1 chip lead, and right away uh, there was a big hand that uh, uh, basically ended up things. Uh, Humphrey was dealt ace-king of clubs, and Mahoney had pocket jacks, and they held the jacks held up, and uh, that was it. Yeah, that'll get that'll get all the money in the center. So Mahoney is the winner of uh, the Rock and Roll Poker Open this year. Uh, in the past, we've had Daryl Fish, uh, Michael Pahuja, who you just mentioned, uh, winning it before. So another uh, interesting champion down here in South Florida, and a great tournament. Again, this one, uh, a lot of it shot uh, for a live stream from uh, Poker Night in America. And the cash games and uh, the final table were all taped uh, for later showings on the show. Well, another successful tournament run for these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's becoming commonplace. And it's a a very popular stop now on the tour. I talked to some of the guys from Poker Night in America. They said it's always one of their favorite visits to uh, take this around the the show around the country. Well, well, like uh, Tommy says, there's a party atmosphere down here. Yeah, absolutely. The the scenery in many ways is very beautiful down here. So event 12 that I played in last night, still going on. They're down to, I guess, uh, 45, 16. 111 entries in that one, uh, the 150, and uh, 45 left in that one. So uh, that's going to conclude things over there at the Hard Rock for uh, this month. 
Of course, uh, Lucky Hearts is uh, the first part of next year, I guess, in February, and we'll be following some of those tournaments as well. Uh, they also have one called uh, Toys in the Sun, uh, which is December 26th through the 30th, and uh, we'll follow everything as usual over there. Uh, you know, great meals over there. Uh, you got the gambling there if you want to, including table games and that sort of thing. So uh, really a lot of fun over there as well. Let me tell you, there's so much to do there, so, <laughs> so you never have a boring time, that's yeah, for sure. absolutely. Okay, let's take our last break on the show. Uh, we'll tell you about Gulfstream Park uh, down in Hallandale Beach. Uh, I say down, it's not that far south from here, a little bit uh, <laughs> toward the ocean uh, as you head over there. But uh, really a great holiday uh, scene over there with the Festival of Lights underway nightly. Uh, as I mentioned, the Catabella Express train rides for the kids uh, coming up again on the 16th and 17th. And, of course, racing starting on December 3rd, a great winter season that gets underway with championship racing uh, five days a week, Wednesday through Sunday. So uh, all kinds of great stuff over there. Uh, the poker tournaments are uh, nightly at 7 p.m. Uh, the poker room is located in the back of the Finish Line Casino, which is uh, on the first floor. They also have a second floor casino with slots only. Uh, but the uh, poker room is uh, 20 tables in the back of that first floor casino, uh, right near some of the great uh, eating places as well. So uh, we invite you to check that out. The nightly tournaments are great, but they always have cash games going on. And, of course, 24 hours on the weekends, the two weekend days, and then uh, they go till 4 a.m. during the week. So plenty of good action and lots of great games spread there. They have a nice, juicy PLO game that goes on on a regular basis. And uh, certainly you can get about just any any kind of game that you want there uh, on a regular basis. So check it out. Give them a call at the Poker Rooms, 457-6336, if you want any information about the tournaments, about their loyalty program, and all the great stuff that's going on over there. Uh, Scott Poole runs the room over there, good friend of ours, and does a great job, uh, and it's a very exciting place to be. Hallandale Beach uh, is the location, 901 South Federal Highway. Uh, once again, give them a call if you uh, want more information on poker, 954-457-6336. Uh, tell them Big Dave and Joe sent you on over. Gulfstream Park, welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. 
We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Tuesday nights on WFO Radio are all about Nitro. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the live edition of NHRA Tuesday Nitro. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. Tony Schumacher. Tony, welcome back. Love being on the show because you usually meant. So we did something absolutely amazing. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime at WFORadio.com. This is Poker Action Line. I don't mind people evolving on, on a position. I, I think that if you're not evolving constantly, then in my view, you're, you're, you're dying intellectually. We are all evolving to various positions. Uh, anybody that says, oh, my mind's made up about everything and I'm never going to change my mind about anything, that, that's a person that's not living. And, and my, my, my thing about my blog, I, I'll pitch this just a little bit. My blog is really not about Noah Dalla knowing all the answers. It's about, this is what I think now, and this is really what I'm passionate about. But you know what? Somebody can show me some compelling evidence that could change my opinion. I mean, that's what it's about. It's about discovery. It's about the quest for truth. It's about being more aware of what's going on in the world. Welcome back. Final segment of the show. That is Nolan Dalla. I did not I'm see Nolan this week. Uh, miss seeing him. I'm telling yeah. you. I miss having him on the show. Of course, uh, last time he was in South Florida, had the uh, unfortunate uh, situation with. Uh, oh, yeah. With the. Uh, what was with uh, Jacqueline Moscow. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But uh, he was not here this weekend. I do not believe he may have been around, but in kind of uh, under the radar a little bit. Anyway. Uh, uh, I believe he is not really doing much with them anymore anyway, so we'll, we'll kind of have to update him uh, on the program here one of these days and get him back on because he's always had some great uh, ideas and some interesting outlooks. And, and he's great, very passionate about his ideas. A great view of history yes, of poker, yeah. Yes, yes, Anyway, uh, just some of the things uh, coming up that we wanted to mention. Uh, the WPT uh, heading to Prague in the Czech Republic for... Uh, uh, a series over there and kind of overlapping at the same time here in the States will be the uh, Five Diamond Classic, one of the big tournaments of the year at the Bellagio in Las Vegas. Uh, that is already underway, the series is, but the main event starts on December 5th. Uh, the World Series of Poker Circuit will be heading to the Bicycle in uh, Los Angeles, and their uh, main event will be a 1675 uh, buy-in. And uh, the series kicks off tomorrow, December 1st, with a 365 uh, No Limit Hold'em tournament, a 50,000 guarantee, and then uh, they will have a big 250 guarantee for event uh, with a 365 buy-in on December 3rd. Uh, the main starts on December 10th and 11th, so uh, you can re-enter once in each flight for that one, and there'll be also a high roller event, uh, 3250 on that one. So you can check all that information out on their website at the WSOP.com. Uh, here in South Florida, uh, I guess we got a uh, lot of stuff going on. Uh, Joe working over at Dania Highlight. What you got coming up over there? Well, starting tomorrow, um, they've changed, and I think for the much better of the high hands now, which are going to be geared more in you know in the competitive nature of what all the other rooms are doing around town and. They're going to be offering uh, $300 an, uh, every 15-minute high hands. 
uh, when an ace is full as a qualifier from uh, 5 o'clock uh, all the way through to uh, 11 o'clock at night. And uh, they've also changed up uh, a little bit of our tournament schedule. We've added a Wednesday night at 7 o'clock uh, which when we when we shoot this show uh <laughs> when we when we record this show it's on a Wednesday so I have a feeling starting uh, next Wednesday uh I'm going to have to be running back to my to my regular job over there to help out but we will be doing a $4000 uh free roll with a $2000 okay. guarantee for first place on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock. and um you know trying to change it up a little bit it's a beautiful poker room, and uh, I know our sponsors are Gulfstream, but uh, once you've visited Gulfstream, if you want to stop by and say hello to me, I'm supervising on Sundays and Mondays over there, dealing on Thursdays and Fridays. Very good. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, uh, and, and when we had the discussions about Tampa, uh, going in over there, uh, they charge $10 to park in their garage, which was uh, I thought was I, I was unhappy in Tampa? about yeah in the Tampa Hard Rock really? they don't charge anything here in Hollywood it, uh, they have two diff- two big garages they don't charge anything for parking on site there uh, and haven't over the years but uh, it came to my attention today I saw two articles on Card Player Magazine one was Nevada poker rooms rake 8.7 million in October uh and next to it the article said Caesars to begin charging for parking at Las Vegas casinos but won't include the Rio but at the other Caesars they're going to start charging for parking out there uh, kind of chintzy in my opinion i mean I, I guess you make every dollar you can but uh you know when when people are spending money at the machines and the tables the thing about Tampa is they do if you spend uh 50 dollars or more in their gift shop or their restaurants uh, they waive the $10 fee, so uh, you can kind of get a Atlantic, discount there. Well, let me tell you, when I was living in New Jersey and going every Monday to Atlantic City, they would you'd have to get a ticket like in any other parking garage, and you know then it would be, a, I don't remember what the charge was, 5 or 10 bucks also back then. And But as long as you gave them something like two or three hours at the tables, you got it validated and, and you never had an issue with yeah. it. So... I guess their thing is here. You're, I don't know about in Tampa because it's been such a long time since I've been down there to the Hard Rock. I mean, it, it wasn't much of anything, you know, the, the Seminoles, so to speak. Not even the Hard Rock back in Tampa, but there isn't. You know, you, you've got to go to somewhere in the, on Hard Rock property when you park your car there. You ain't parking it there and walking somewhere else. You know, I don't know in Atlantic City you could have done that because you had the boardwalk and. You know, there was a lot of places you could have gone and used there for free parking. So, I don't. I, for me, it was always free because I always went there to play there. But yeah, the, the, it's been a long time since I've thought about that. Till you just mentioned it right now. By the way, over at the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood, they filled in the lake, the big lake out by uh, uh, 441. They did. Yeah, they're actually building some stuff on on that. They're going to have a big uh, new expansion there uh, on the area that the big lake was. Uh, and but they haven't started on the guitar shaped uh, hotel yet, have they? No, no. Although maybe that's where it's going. I that, guess that, that might yeah, be where it's point. headed. Good point. Uh, so anyway, things uh, on, the, on the up and up there. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to mention uh, they had all the list of the uh, poker revenue for uh, Nevada this year. If you're interested in that, um, eight point seven is uh, now. That's all the poker rooms in Nevada. That's that's poker revenue in Nevada. I guarantee you we make more in in, uh, in the state of Florida. Yeah, 
Uh, probably so. <laughs> but the, what do you think the biggest month is out there? The biggest month for poker out there? You want to? You, I know you're looking for me to say June because of the World Series of Poker, but I think it's actually January is one of their strongest months. January is a strong month. March is a pretty strong month, but June is by far the biggest. Month. Okay, so then it was the obvious answer. For Sixteen June. million uh, in June, twelve million in July. So it coincides with the World Series and all the visitors out there and, and the big action. Uh, January nine point five million, March nine point six eight million. I tell you what, I'd love to see the individual, and I'm sure we can get them since they're state we could. licensed. Sure we could. What um, what I like to compare, especially when I was a manager, is like looking at what my competitors did certain months leading up to different months and seeing, you know, what did they do differently in this month that spiked them by 20% higher than the previous three months leading up to there. You know, why did this month spike 30% higher than that same month of the year before? And just trying to figure out what, what's working in the poker industry. I used to look at that. And these numbers, I'd be just very curious to see how the win and the Arias numbers improve just because of the World Series of Poker and the tournaments that they run themselves right. during those months. Uh, yeah, we'll look into that. Well, we could probably do a whole show on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, sure. it's very interesting. Anyway, we'll close out the show with a few results from the uh, GPL. Uh, yesterday, the, origi- the, the first matches from the uh, Americas Conference, uh, the Montreal Nationals defeated San Francisco Rush, and the LA Sunset defeated the Sao Paulo Metropolitans. Uh, those two teams met then uh, later in the evening, and Montreal wins it 4-2. to two. Uh, Mike McDonald, uh, one of the one of the stars of the team, and uh, Pascal LaFrancois won two matches. Marc Andre Lesur uh, closed things out by defeating Maria Ho. Four to two was the score of that one. Then today was uh, the Moscow Wolverines against uh, the London Royals. Uh, that was the first matches today. Let me see if I can get an update on that while we while we're talking here. Uh, currently going on is the other matches between. Uh, in front of me, I have the Moscow-London uh, match, which ended Moscow winning 4-1 to one over the London Royals. Uh, the only point picked up by London was by Igor Kurganov. Uh, Montreal, or uh, Moscow, I should say, led by Andrei Patichuk and Igor Yaroshevsky. Currently going on, let's see, we got uh, the second match is the Berlin Bears and the, the Stars uh, team from uh, Hong Kong, Hong Kong Stars. Are they still playing, or did they are? End? They are going on live right now. Let me see if I can get an update of that match. Uh, no, not going to happen. Well, they can tune in and watch <laughs> themselves. Yeah, we'll have it next week. Anyway, the the Nationals will play the champion from today. As uh, later on, uh, the Wolver Moscow Wolverines will play the winner of the uh, Hong Kong uh, match, and, and and we'll see what happens. Excellent, sir. Anyway, struggling here through the end of the show, trying to get through it. Uh, we, we appreciate you joining us tonight again, as usual, and our thanks to our interviewees on the program, Tommy Bates, Carlos Loving, and Jason Mercier. And uh, we'll be lining up some guests, obviously, here for December. Another great month here in South Florida as the winter season kicks in and the tourist season uh, rolls around here after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I know. It gets a little more exciting and a lot more and a lot busier. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to do it for the show. Uh, Gio, thanks for all your help as usual. And uh, you can check us out uh, on iTunes or on uh, Hold'em Radio Network. Uh, Hold'emradio.com is the place to find the show. Uh, Poker Fuse podcast page also has a great spot for us there. And uh, Stitcher Radio. 
or Poker Action Line, the website, PokerActionLine.com. You can find the show always on those places. So thanks for being with us tonight, and we will uh, speak to you again next week on another edition of the show. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 